listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you right across Australia, live from Hobart, Tasmania. And Gary, we have Gary back in the studio today, continuing his series, Lifetime Search, and he's in every Tuesday. It's good to have you back in the studio, Gary. Good to be with you, Jason, and all our friends out there. (laughs) Yes. So I'm your host, Jason Cook, and uh, today we'll be continuing on from our topic from last week, but uh, we'll get into that shortly. Um, Gary, it's a beautiful sunny day here. Oh, one of the best, isn't it? it's, It's... just oh, I woke up this morning, I saw the calm water out on the Derwent River. It was just magic. It was unbelievably nice because over the weekend we had some pretty horrible weather. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> it was yeah. windy and rainy and there was snow on the mountain, which is always nice to see after the uh, after the storm. But, um, but yeah, we had a lot of rain and a lot of wind. And uh, how, how did you fare with that? Oh, don't talk about it, man. <laughs> no, when we woke up the next morning, Jason, the whole shed down below, at least half it was flooded. So you remember that book we offered last week, Draining the Sticks? Yes. Well, well I, was draining the, I was draining the swamp in our garage, man. Right. I've, I've learned how to siphon. Um, uh, come Christmas, we, we, we're getting some people in to fix that thing up because, you know, when you get heavy rain like that, I've got to siphon, drain the sticks, and right. drain the shed. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, just before we get on to our uh, main topic today, Tassie Encounters show number is 0488 We encourage you to uh, text us in any questions, any feedback, and uh, we will have that book offer again later today, uh, Draining the Sticks, so we'll, we'll give you more information about that. So that's 0488 Put that in your phone or save it somewhere. That's a mobile text number that you can text us in. So, Gary, uh, I guess um, uh, before we get into the main new content for today, we should uh, review last week's. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about uh, life after death last week, and today, of course, it's ghosts' life after death. So, yeah, let's 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 recap, like you said. Uh, remember, last week we talked about the fact that the Bible presents um, death like a sleep. Christ likened to sleep. Other Bible writers did. And why did they do that? Because, as we found out from the Bible, the dead know nothing. Their love, their hatred, their envy, it's all finished. Mm. Uh, Until, we notice, they wake up again. And when's that? Well, when Jesus returns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's when the Bible says those who uh, have died will rise to life again. Now, of course, part of that discussion last week, Jason, was the idea of the immortal soul. And we discovered from the Bible that 1,600 times the soul is mentioned in the Bible, but never once as being immortal. What we did notice is that souls are called mortal in the Bible, not immortal. Remember that text? The soul soul whose sins shall die. Exactly, which means souls are not immortal because we've all sinned Mm. and so we all die or we're all mortal so what really is a soul yeah we looked at that too wasn't it we noticed that uh when god made man the bible says the lord god formed man of the dust of the of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul so we discovered a soul is simply the person Flesh and bones plus the breath of life from God. That's what the Bible calls a soul. So you don't have a soul without a body. A soul includes the body. Well, I guess that raised another question. Will we ever be immortal? Mm. And we discovered from the writings of Paul very clearly that he says, yes, immortality is put on 
when Jesus returns. That's when we become immortal, not before. Only God is immortal, we discovered um, last week. And so man becomes immortal at the return of Jesus. Hmm. And then, of course, we looked at, so how did this idea of the immortal soul come into the Christian church? Um, because almost all religions around the world, all groups down through the time have believed in the immortal soul. So how come Christianity uh, bought into that? We discovered that Tertullian, one of those early church fathers, living after the time of the Bible had been finished, he wrote, he said, I use the opinion of Plato when he declares every soul is immortal. And um, so we, we discovered this idea of the immortal soul came from actually pagan teachings, not the Bible. The Romans believed in the immortal soul, the Babylonians did, and of course, as we mentioned, the Egyptians sure believed in the immortal soul, and we talked about that. So that's where we ended last week, Jason. Mm. So the answer is, is you know, um, did, the, did, the, did the immortal soul originate with, with man or the Egyptians way back then? No, the answer clearly is not. It predated the Egyptians. And so when would that this be? Is a, this is what we're going to uh, talk about today. This is what we're going to talk about now. So, so where did the uh, concept come from? Remember that snake that slithered into the Garden of Eden that we talked about weeks ago? Mm. Remember, Jason, maybe you read what God had said, and then we'll look at what the snake says. It says, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And that's in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17. Okay, so God says, when you eat of this, you will die. Mm. But notice what Satan says through the snake. What says, does he say? You shall not surely die. <laughs> <laughs> Directly uh, contradicting God. Exactly, a direct contradiction of God here. Mm. So, you know, God says, listen, you will die, and he says, you won't die. So I've got a question just in regards to what God said there, and mm. we haven't discussed this before, Gary, but yep. but it says, in the day that you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. So was, was Satan sort of, uh, you know, taking those words and saying, well, you're not going to die today? Oh, right, yes. Now, what God is really saying there, at the time you eat of it, you're going to die. That's what he means. Another translation is dying, you shall die. In other words, you the begin process. the process you begin of the dying. Process, yeah. yes. Okay. So, so you notice the devil actually has, has, has continued that lie down through. You don't really die, because that was his lie, and that you won't die. And he's, he's continued that lie by you don't really die, because at death, something goes on after you die. You know, your, your, your immortal soul gets released, and so you don't really die. You're still conscious somewhere, mm. either conscious in hell for some people, if they're bad, or conscious in heaven, or your soul gets recycled is the idea for Eastern religion, so it's an endless recycling of the immortal soul. But you don't really, really die. Yet the Bible says, hang on, the dead know nothing yet mm. you know plenty if your soul is recycled and you're in heaven or you're in the hot place or whatever it is that you you continue on so this is this is this is where this lie actually came from it's it comes from the the uh, the the enemy of of us all and why this global lie well it goes back to what jesus said he's a liar and a murderer this this is a global deception jason for global destruction he only lies in order to take people to eternal loss. So in when you have a when you have a Bible teaching that says, No, 
you sleep, Jesus called it, because you're not like you're like unconscious, you don't know anything. And then you have on the opposite, no, you, you, your immortal soul goes on. The devil is going to use an untruth for his ends. Mm. He always has. So this is why this is a, uh, becomes a critical subject. So I guess global deception for global destruction. So what about some of these experiences that people have, you know, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences? What about such things as reincarnation? Mm. How, 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 what, you know, I was once, someone says, I was Napoleon in a previous life or Mozart in a previous life. Well, what, what do we do? And by the way, Jason, some of these, you, know, you, you read some of these magazines, you know, glossy magazines, and there's all these re- reports of reincarnated lives, and it sounds incredible. Mm. You know, they know stuff that nobody else could have known and so on. How do we answer that? Mm. Well, of course, from the Bible, we would say, what, the dead? No, nothing. No, nothing. But we'll come back to that in a moment. Mm. And then what about ghosts and, and haunted houses? Because there's no question the house is haunted, but who's haunting the house? Mm. Um, what are we going to do with that? And then, of course, what about seances and channeling and contacting the dead? How does that all stack up? What do we what do we do with some of this? So we're going to be looking at some of those things after we have our break, Jason. Yeah. But um, you know, the the book offered today. I'm going to be mentioning draining the sticks again. That is a phenomenal book that people will enjoy, and. Uh, and, and we need to, you know, I, I want as many of our readers to be able to get, our listeners to be able to get hold of that book. It's, it's phenomenal. Mm, okay. Well, let's pick that up after the break. And uh, I've chosen this uh, first song. It's, it's not an easy topic to choose songs for that we're talking about today, but uh, I've chosen this first song. It's, uh, it's a beautiful hymn. It's one of my favourite hymns, Be Thou My Vision. And, you know, to me it speaks of keeping focused on on the truth and what the bible actually teaches us and what yeah. god teaches us jesus said jesus said the truth shall set you free that's it so this is be down my vision by Selah.
Welcome back. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We're talking this morning with Gary Webster on the topic of ghosts, life after death, part two. And Gary, just before we went to the break, we were talking about near-death experiences and seances and and, uh, ghosts and things like that. And I know we're going to talk about that a bit more. Um, But uh, before we go on, I'm just wondering if if our listeners have ever encountered any experiences like this, if you'd like to text us in and and uh, you know, share a, a brief um, description of what happened uh, with you. Jason, I won't be surprised if some of our listeners have had those mm. experiences. When I run uh, my lectures are all around the place, uh, people you know, come to me and tell me some of these things that, that, mm. they, that they've had. So that won't surprise <clears throat> me one bit, and I'd love to hear about them. I remember when I was a, a young uh, boy, um, I used to live up on the northwest coast of Tasmania, and uh, a uh, a man who was uh, at our church, who's still around that area now, used to share stories when he worked in New Guinea, and it was very common in, oh, yes. in that area to to witness um, strange events like you know seeing ghosts and things oh, like yes. that. Absolutely, mm. because of cause a lot of ancestor worship out in some of those cultures and mm. the spirits and so on. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's keep going with our topic today. Okay, so Jason, let's pick up, first of all, what about out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences and so on? Mm. Well, let me say before we answer some of these, uh, look at some of these things, is this, that one thing's for sure, we're coming to a time when we'll not be able to just trust our senses, our eyes, our ears. The Bible makes it very plain that as we near the end of time, we are going to see phenomenal things taking place, and it's only going to be by the Bible we'll know, is this coming from God or some other source? Mm. What's the truth on this matter? The Bible, uh, God says, is the way to know what is right from what is wrong. So how would we know out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences is not is not actually... A, um, an experience of the the immortal soul or something after death or something. Well, number one, the Bible says the dead know nothing. Mm. So clearly, if I look down on my body and see, you know, or look down, look, you know, I'm looking down on the operating from the operating table, see my body on the table. And that's what I've seen people say. Or I'm going through a tunnel. I'm not dead. Mm. Because if I was dead, the Bible makes it very plain the dead know nothing. And there's so much um, popular. Uh you know, popular um, TV programs exactly. and things like that. So even we've just had Halloween over the weekend yeah. and, yeah. you know, where, where it's being popular to think about yeah. the reality of dead people. Yes, exactly, know, exactly. Alive. So, so when the Bible says the dead know nothing, this is, one of the, this is one of the ways we can say, well, actually, and by the way, they're called near death. Yes. Experience. So yeah. they're not actually dead. Mm. Um, so that's the first thing we need to know. Back in 2007, BBC News reported on out-of-body experiences. They gave a, had uh, some program on that, and they showed that near death. when we're near death, we have altered states of consciousness as we come close to death. Mm. So in other words, in a sense, we're, we're starting to hallucinate. That's what science has, has discovered. Um, and consider this, too, that... Not only that, so, um, they've actually reported that you can actually recreate near-death experiences on very alive people by putting electrodes and so on. So you don't actually have to be dead or near death to have such of these experiences, like a, going down a tunnel and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, Jason, consider this. 
It's not just Christians who have these sorts of experiences. Whether you're a Hindu, a Buddhist, a Muslim, an atheist, people have the very similar experiences, you know, looking down on my body or a light at the end of the tunnel. It, it's immaterial to what your, your belief system is. Sometimes I have um, those out-of-body experiences when I'm totally alive. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you might be doing something like I'm a, a musician and I'm, yeah. I'm playing up the front yeah. and sometimes I think I'm actually not focused on what I'm doing here and I'm sort of imagining my looking at myself from outside of my body. Yeah. Anyway, that's something different. That's something different. You're dead right. So that's the first thing we notice with these they're near death. Uh, people are actually not dead and that aligns with the Bible. The dead know nothing. Otherwise we wouldn't have these experiences at all if we were dead. What about reincarnated lives? How would we answer that one? Well number one, the Bible says the dead know nothing. So clearly, if I died, I'm not going to know anything. My soul's not going to come back to someone else's body. But mm. more than that, the Bible makes it plain. I want you to read for us Hebrews 9.27, which makes it very plain about the idea of reincarnation here. It says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So the Bible says, how many times do we die? Once. Once. Where yet with the idea of reincarnation, the immortal soul is recycled and we die and we die and we die and the soul. No, the Bible says we die once, once yeah. and then the judgment, mm. not an endless recycling of the soul. So the dead know nothing. So clearly reincarnation is actually not true. Mm. The idea is out there, but it's actually not the truth of what happens after death. What about ghosts and haunted houses? Does the Bible speak about this? Well, read for us Job 7, verse 9 and 10, and have a look at this one. It says, So he who goes down to the grave does not come up. He shall never return to his house, nor shall his place know him any more. That's yeah. very clear, isn't it? Hang on, yeah. He shall never return to, to his, his house. house. Yep. So the house can be haunted. I grant you that. Mm. I have no question. But it's not being haunted by the dead. That's his point, because mm. the dead will never come back to his house. And the dead know nothing. Mm. So we, you know, using the Bible helps to protect us from deception. Deceptive things that the enemy of our soul is wanting to to bring in. So, so if people are listening to this and yeah. they have experienced something like that, yes. we need to have some sort of explanation for what really is happening. Exactly, that's what we're saying. Mm. If we've had these experiences, that's what we said. When it comes to out of body experiences, science shows very clearly that as we near death, we start to hallucinate, if you like. Mm. In other words, the chemicals are not working properly in our brains and so on. In the case of ghosts, ghosts? that's a different story. Yeah, but the, the point is this, it's not the dead. No, that's right. Yeah, it might sound like my uncle, look like my uncle, look mm. like my dad, but it's not because the Bible says the dead know nothing mm. and they do not come back to, to the house again. Mm. What about spiritualism, uh, contacting the dead, you know? talking to a loved one in a seance or even maybe, because it won't surprise me, Jason, if some of our listeners haven't actually seen one of their departed loved ones even appear in their home. That's mm. not going to surprise me. So what's what's going on here? If you could read for us um, Ecclesiastes 9, 5 and 6, and let's, let's nail this one again first of all. Mm. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for their memory is forgotten. Also, their love their hatred and their envy have now perished. 
And then read it again, verse 6 again. They will never again take part in anything that happens on this earth. Now that is very clear. So if some of our listeners have had seen what looks like a loved one, Mm. talked to by a loved one, what the Bible is saying is, now hang on a bit, and we're going to come to what it is soon. Mm. Hang on a bit, this is not your loved one. It might look like them, may sound like them, may even share things that only you and your loved one knew about. So it sort of seems like it must be them. But the Bible says, no, never again will this happen on the earth. Mm. And the Bible also makes it clear that they know nothing. So what's going on here? In fact, you know, the strongest warning, Jason, is given in the Bible against contacting the dead or what looks like the dead. Could mm. you read for us Deuteronomy eighteen ten to 12? It's a powerful statement uh, that warns us about this because this sort of thing's been going on for decades, millennia. Mm. It says, There shall not be found among you anyone who practices witchcraft or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls upon the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. That's a strong word. Ooh, that's very strong language. But mm. why would God, why would God this give this such a strong warning and use such strong language? I think because He knows that it's not a good thing. Exactly, exactly. Mm. God holds nothing good from us. So if He's holding something from us, it's not good for us. Mm. Uh, why such a strong warning? We actually, the Bible tells us, we're actually contacting demons. Mm. They sound like our loved ones. They look like our loved ones. Notice Revelation. Revelation 16, 13 and 14 says they are the spirits of demons performing signs or miracles and wonders, all sorts of amazing things. The demons can actually do these things. First mm. uh, Timothy 4, 1. I want you to read this. Paul gives us a warning way back 2000 years ago. He warned us about what's going to take place and what is taking place even in his day. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Notice that? Mm. Deceiving spirits and teachings or doctrines of demons. So the Bible is very clear. Now what's interesting, Jason, is that demons can impersonate people. While you and I are sitting here this morning, mm. there are both good Spirits, we call them angels in the Bible, mm. and there are evil spirits or evil angels. Remember, once we talked about there was a war in heaven, and one third sided with Satan, and the two thirds mm. stayed faithful or loyal to so God. So that's what you would call demons as well. Those, yeah, demons are, are, are evil angels. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Good angels, good spirits, and so on. Now, they do impersonate people. So you and I here in this studio this morning, let's say our listeners weren't listening. Right? Just you and me had this conversation. The demons can hear what we're doing, talking, because they're around us everywhere. Mm. We thank God we've got two-thirds on our side and God's with us. Mm. But they hear what we're saying. They know. And so they can actually impersonate us at any time and repeat the conversation that we only had and only you and I knew about because this was before you put us on air. Mm. <laughs> and they know about this. Mm. And they can, and so when, when suddenly, you know, let's say I die and, and what appears to be me, yeah, and, and, and I hear this uh, conversation exactly. that we you're had. Go, or, you're going to be almost convinced that, yeah. oh, no, this is Webster <clears throat> in, in, in his immortal soul or something. Mm. Now, the reason I say this is because that's happened. The Bible re- reports this. We mm. go back to the Bible. There's, there's an amazing story of Saul, King Saul, the first king of Israel, and how he visits a medium. Mm. He's called a witch, but it's a medium who um, brings up what looks like Samuel the prophet. But let's just give a little bit of background to this story. Uh, and before we move on, Jason, 
Saul, Saul has been disobedient to God and has flatly refused to obey him. God says, Saul, I'm not talking to you anymore. Not by prophet, not by any means am I going to be talking to you until you follow what's right. Mm. Well, Saul doesn't do that. Anyway, he gets toward the end of his life and he's going to go to battle the next day. And so he knows where there's a spirit medium. So he visits this lady, he's, he's disguised, and he says to her, please bring up Samuel, because he's going to pay him, mm. uh, pay her. And, and so she looks, she, she, she does her incantations, and pop, up looks like Samuel. Samuel sort of you know, says, it's amazing that he, he went down that path when, when he would have had those writings that explicitly said, don't do this. Exactly. But he was, he was seeking it. He was, mm. he was actually told to, you know, don't have these people in, in, in mm. Israel because they're corrupting the place. Mm. So up looks like Samuel. Samuel says, what are you waking me up for? Yeah. Up from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like Samuel. It sounds like Samuel. And he says, Saul, you're going to die on the battlefield tomorrow. Mm. And he did. Now, the demons can make predictions, and if God allows it, they'll happen. So what's going on here? Well, Saul knew this was absolutely wrong to do what he was doing because he's not contacting Samuel because mm. God said, I'm not going to talk to you by prophet or anything. Mm. And now the other thing is so he comes discouraged and he, and, and, and he loses his eternal life over this thing. Now, I want you to think, the Bible calls this a familiar spirit, which means in the Bible this is a demon mm. impersonating what looked like Samuel, but it wasn't Samuel, the dead no, no, nothing. nothing. Mm. So when we come back, I want to talk, you, tell, talk about a, an amazing story about a mother who lost her son. And this is a mind-boggling story and just shows us how cruel the devil can be. But we probably need to go to a break. We will. And uh, I just want to let our listeners know, if you want to read that story firsthand from the Bible, uh, that story of Saul and the medium, uh, that's in First Samuel chapter 28. You but, can read that. But just remember, when you read familiar spirit she brings up, that means it's a demon. That's, that's how, right. That's the language of it. Yeah. So it wasn't actually Samuel. It was, no. uh, it was a spirit that uh, wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't Samuel's. Now we're going to have a listen to this song. It's called Which Way Will You Choose? And this fits in with where we're going next in our program. So Which Way Will You Choose? by the Forbes family. As the world becomes entwined In the lies from Satan's mind A leader will arise to take the reins Saying love will bring us peace If you put your hope in me Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to lose As the masses take his mark Believe a lie to chill their hearts They'll know the time has come To seal of faith Those who claim to the cross Will refuse and pay the cost As God redeems his own From the sea of hate Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to
draws to an end. Hope will tumble down again. The Lord will make them feel their sin and shame. You can make the choice right now. Trust in Christ, our hope and crown. Or watch the world you love go up in flames. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters, and we're back with Gary Webster talking about the topic of ghosts, life after death, part two. And uh, earlier we asked a question, have you ever had an experience of encountering a ghost or some other supernatural type of experience like this? Uh, text us in on 0488-880-891. We'd love to hear about your experience. Could be a haunted house or, or a haunted a house, near-death yep. experience, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, share, share, share something with you if, if you've uh, had an experience like that. Now, uh, Gary, uh, just before we went to the break, you said you had a story. Yeah, yeah, Jason, incredible. Uh, there was a lady by the name of Sally. She had a little boy, Billy, and one day, tragically, uh, Billy was killed in an accident. And, of course, the mother's heart, you know, broken, mm. just, just wanted to see her son again. Well, one day she's in the kitchen not long after this, and she hears the back door open and wondering who's, who it is. She turns around, and there is what looks like Billy, her little boy. Now, with her mother's heart breaking, she wants to run over to Billy and just sort of hug him, but she knows the truth of what we've been talking about this week and last week, that, hang on, the dead know nothing, so mm. it, it can't really be my Billy. But imagine the tug of war that's going on inside mm. her because she she's missing the little fellow, and naturally, and, and but she wants to go over and just embrace him. But this this teaching of the Bible keeps ringing in her ears and finally after a struggle she looks at, at, at what looks like Billy and she says you are not my son you are an evil spirit go away in the name of Jesus and the thing turned black and vanished mm. now that's a true story and it's similar to the, what the saw with the witch of Endor and Samuel what but how diabolical can you can you be? Here's the devil. He comes at a time when we're most vulnerable. We've just lost a loved one. He wants to deceive. Obviously. He does. Yeah. And, and, and cruel. I mm. mean, impersonating our loved ones and mm. and trying to draw us into his own, you know, deceptive teaching. What a what a cruel foe that indeed we have, Jason. And uh, you know, it's so hard. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of the uh, little girl that's gone missing in Western yeah, Australia. Clearly. You know. Yeah. Um, just, you know, those parents would be grieving that loss and mm. the unknown, yeah. and this would be an opportunity for the devil to try to deceive. Absolutely. You know, it's just uh, there's so many circumstances if we don't have that grounding in, yeah. the, in the biblical truth, uh, he can uh, try to deceive us. He can, yes, mm. and, and at, at a most vulnerable time in our lives. But look, Jason, before we go on, I, I reckon you ought to mention that, uh, that book, Draining mm. the sticks because this is this book is going to be really helpful in this subject. So yeah, draining the sticks. It's taking the mystery out of death and hell. Um, this is by Sean Boonstra. Life is hard, then you die. 
It's the truth. No matter how cleverly we disguise death with silk-lined caskets and magnificent bouquets, we are powerless to stop the inevitable. You will die. Sounds a bit blunt, doesn't it, Gary? It does but, a bit. But it is truth. <laughs> it is. Um, Our so, pulse is the funeral march of the tomb, Jason. We're born and we begin to die. Uh, longing for the day when Jesus takes away death. That's going to be the bait, Greg. Yeah. So in Greek mythology, the river Styx separated the land of the living from Hades, the abode of the dead. And when the death and when death came for you, the ferryman carried you across the river to the other side. So this book talks about some of these stories and the myths of ancient civilizations, but it really gets down to what really happens when you die from a biblical perspective. So there is hope, and uh, we want you to know more about that. And uh, this book helps you to do it. We'll, we'll give you the code after our next song. And I'm going to talk about that hope thing right now. Okay. Because let's go back to the story where we began last last week, Jason, mm. where Jesus. Jesus uh, comes to Bethany. Remember, Lazarus and Martha and Mary, and a message was sent, your, your friend Lazarus is sick. Yeah. And then four days too late, Jesus turns up at Bethany. Now, when he gets to Bethany, he says to the sisters, he says, uh, take me to where, where is he buried? Mm. So they go out to the, to, the, to the grave, and he says, now roll back the stone, because they had rolling stone uh, entrances to these tombs. You can see them in Israel today, in fact. So Martha says, no, 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 don't do that, Jesus. He's been dead four days. I mean, give me a break. It'll be mm. terrible smell. Jesus says, Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory and the power of God? So they roll back the stone, and then Jesus calls out in a loud voice, the Bible says, Lazarus. But just come, stop. Imagine if forth, imagine if Jesus had just said, come out. Mm. Everyone who's dead would have come out because Jesus has the power to raise the dead. Mm. But he called Lazarus by name. Says, yeah. Lazarus. Now, he didn't say Lazarus come down. No. He didn't say Lazarus come up from the hot place. He said mm. Lazarus come out of the tomb. Mm. And immediately Lazarus walks out of his tomb. All bound up. <laughs> all bound up with the grave clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I want you to think, this is a replay of the creation story back in Genesis chapter 2. And now I'm going to ask you some questions, Jason. I hope you get the answers right now. <laughs> well, I'll try. Where is the dust? Remember we saw back in Genesis, says the dust of the earth plus the breath or the spirit of life from God, and we became a soul. Where's the dust in this story? Where's the dust in this story of Lazarus? Well, I guess it's just simply the, the, the leftover matter of, of the dead body. Exactly. Mm. Lazarus is decomposing in the tomb. Mm. There's the dust. It's mm. going back to dust. Where's the breath of life? Well, that's in Jesus. Exactly. It's in his words. He, he, he's the one that, that created Adam and Eve in the beginning with mm. his breath of life. Because mm. the Bible talks about Jesus as the creator. Uh, he, he, he made everything, says Paul. So the dust, Lazarus's decomposing body, and the breath of life, Jesus, who's the resurrection of life, boom, they come together and Lazarus lives again. Yeah. So this is a completely a replay of the creation story. Now, Jason, right here, I want you to read a text for us that helps us to see there are two necessary necessary ingredients for life after death. No one can be alive without these two things. Now that's, read for that's us. Alive after death. Life after death, yep. yes. Uh, this is in John eleven twenty five. Yep, that's the one. Yep. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now look at that. He says, 
I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes. Now, what's the first ingredient mentioned there that you can think of? I'm really putting you under the, under the pump here, Jason. Well, the, the first ingredient is Jesus himself. Yes. And we must believe in him. Right, exactly. Mm. So life is in Jesus. And we're, so the first prerequisite for life after death is belief in Jesus Christ. Mm. The second one, if I die, what's the second thing I'm going to need to come alive again? Um, I'm not. I'm I'll not. give you a clue, Jason. <laughs> In that text, starts with R. Ah, oh, the resurrection. Exactly, man. You are a bright student, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you gave me a hint there. Gary. <laughs> but there's the two things. Any nobody's going to live again if they die unless they have two things. Hmm. One, they Belief. have to believe in Jesus, hmm. and secondly, they need resurrection. Hmm. Those are the two necessary ingredients for life after death, belief in Jesus and resurrection. Remember the story of the thief on the cross? Mm. Uh, He was about to die, and he says, Lord, remember me. And Jesus said, truly I say unto you today, you will be with me in paradise. So in other words, he put his trust in Jesus. He threw himself on Christ, and Jesus promised him, you will live. And the second thing we need is we need the resurrection when Jesus comes. Nobody has life after death unless they have those two ingredients. Now, that's an interesting story. Mm. So, in terms of the thief on the cross... Ah, now you're going to give me a curly one, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, What are you going to ask me? So, it says uh, in that text, today you will be with me in paradise. Mm -hmm. So, does that mean that we instantly go to heaven? When we die. Now you're asking me a curly one. <laughs> okay. Now there's a good answer to that, Jason, but I think we better take a break in a moment okay. because we'll, well, I'll, I'll pick that one up. So what you're saying is Jesus said to thee, truly, truly, I say unto you today, you'll be with me in paradise. It looks like he promised that he'd go straight to heaven that day. Mm. There's a very simple answer to that question, and we'll pick it up in a moment. Eh? No worries. We're going to have a listen to this song, Well Done, by the Afters. And uh, immediately after the break, we'll give you the code to get that book, Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. And uh, remember, the number to get that book is 0488-880-891. So we'll be back with you shortly, and we'll give you the code to get the book.
Before the break, I promised the code for our book offer today. This is a free book offer, Draining the Sticks, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. So to get your free copy of that book, you need to text the number 0488 880891 and you need to just put in that text a single word and the code is DIG and the number 16. So no spaces, text DIG16 to 0488-880-891 and we'll get that book offer out to you as soon as we can. Now just uh, before the break we had uh, David texting in from Western Australia and he's connecting the idea of the makeup artist with this concept where we're talking about, I guess, um, the, the spirits can emulate or yes, impersonate, impersonate and be yeah. somebody else. That, uh, the idea of a makeup artist. And, and it's true in special effects makeup, you know, they, they, they create, um, an impersonation of something different to the actual actor themselves. Yeah, and so, true. yeah, it's an interesting observation, uh, David. I'm not sure whether that's the origins of the, the term makeup artist, but, uh, certainly an interesting observation there. Gary, just before the break, we were talking about, um, the, the thief on the cross. And of course, uh, there were two, two thieves on the cross. Mm. And just, uh, bringing back to our first or our, our previous song that, um, was Which Way Will You Choose was the title of that song. There were two thieves and, and one chose mm. to believe in Jesus. Yes. And one chose not to. Yeah, exactly. And so we're going to tease this little story out. But one, uh, Jesus said to the the thief who did choose to believe in him that he would be with him in paradise. And and the common understanding is that it says today you will be with me in paradise. So you're going to explain that a little bit. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, an excellent question, by the way, because it looks like it, doesn't it? Let me just read the text and what it says. Jesus said to him, "That's the 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 thief who made the right choice." Assuredly, I say to you, 
Today you will be with me in paradise, Luke 23, 43. But now let's think about what happened when Jesus uh, rose from the dead three days later. Mm. So Mary meets Jesus at the tomb. That's the Mary Magdalene, the the sister of Lazarus, the one we talked about earlier, the one who Jesus raised from the dead. Mary comes to the tomb and someone says to her, woman, who are you looking for? And she thinks it's the gardener. So she says, sir, if you've, if you've taken his body away, tell me where it is and I'll, I'll take it away. Mm. And then Jesus, it's Jesus, and he calls out Mary. You know, Jason, it must have been something the way he said her name because instantly she, she realized. So let's yeah. read the text here. Um, maybe you could read for us uh, starting in, we're looking here at John chapter 20, and we're going to get you to read verse 15 to 17. And I want you to notice what happens at this time and what Jesus says. So it says, Jesus said to her, Woman, why do you weep? Whom do you seek? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to herself and said to him, Rabbani, which is to say a master. Jesus said to her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Good. Now, do you see there's a problem here? If Jesus said to the thief on what we call Good Friday, today you're going to be with me in paradise, that's heaven, that's where the father lives, mm. but yet three days later... He, he hasn't said, been there yet. <laughs> yeah, he said, don't touch me because I've not mm. yet returned to my father. Mm. But, uh, you know, go to my brothers and say, I'm about to ascend to my father. Mm. So you have a contradiction here. Jesus says, if he says, you're going to be with me today, the day he dies, today, because that's what he said, then he's contradicting what happens three days later. All right, we're going to answer that what that contradiction. I want to talk about punctuation in the Bible for a moment, Jason, mm. because in the Bible, in the Greek language in which the New Testament was written, there was no punctuation at all. Mm. You can even see that in what we in, in 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 Greek texts from way back, the letters run straight into each other. There's no commas, there's no full stops, there's no question marks. People put those in where they thought they needed to be. Now, I'm going to make a statement which probably the ladies who are listening today are just about going to stone me for, <laughs> but if they just hold the stones, I'm going to come and give them some awfully good news, and it's, it's the guys who will end up stoning me. But let's just, let's just take this statement. Here's the statement. No commas, no punctuation. A woman without her man is nothing. Mm. You reckon the ladies would like that, Jason? Uh, no. I no, I don't think, think so. they would. So <laughs> it sounds like a woman is a nobody without her, her man. Mm. A woman without her man is nothing. Now, let's take that same, little, that, that same little phrase and put a couple of commas in there. Let's put a comma after woman, a woman, comma, without her, comma, man is nothing. Now the thing's completely different. It's the man who's a nothing without his woman. <laughs> a woman without her, man is nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So the first one, a woman without her man is nothing. So she's a nobody. Mm. Now a woman without her, man, man is, is nothing. nothing. Yeah. So we haven't changed a single word. We've just put a couple of commas in. It's made the whole thing different. Mm. Now, as I said, there was no commas in the original uh, Greek language. Mm. So people put the comma where they... Felt the comma should go. Mm. So the comma can actually be in one of two places. 
the comma can be, and Jesus said to him, that's the thief on the cross, assuredly, I say unto you, comma, today you will be with me in paradise. And it looks like Jesus is saying, today you're going to be in heaven with me. Mm. But the problem with that is, Three days later, that contradicts it because he didn't go to heaven, he, he said didn't yet. He didn't go to heaven. No. So we can put the comment in another place. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say unto you today, comma, mm. you will be with me in paradise. Now, what's he saying? I'm telling you, my friend, on this day, this day when it looks like my cause is washed up, when I'm dying on a cross, let me tell you, man, you are going to be with me in paradise. Mm. So in other words, he's not telling him he's going to be there today. He's just telling on that day, on that horrible day, you're going to be with me. And then it does not contradict this all, idea. All of the rest of the, you know. Yeah, and yeah. All, all of the idea of no, the yeah. dead know nothing. It doesn't contradict anything. And, of course, we know that uh, Jesus said that he would be in the tomb. Um, on the Sabbath. You exactly. Know, on, on he was that. there three days. Yeah. He, he said that. He, he, he t- said that. So, so then you don't have a problem. It, mm. it, it makes it so, so simply. Now, Jason, um, next week I want to share a, a, another subject that is so closely related to this one. Uh, it sounds pretty scary, but it's the subject of hell. Mm. Because you think about it. If people believe that right now there are people suffering in hell, right, that's the bad ones, then they know plenty after death, right? Mm. So how do we, what do we do with this subject in relationship to the dead? No, nothing. And I have some mighty, mighty good news on that subject. We're going to be talking about the assassination of God to hell and back because many people are making reports in books and YouTube clips, I went to hell and back, I went to heaven and back. What's going on here? We're going to see clearly what's going on there next week. Of course, we know that uh, the devil wants to deceive us in any way he can. Absolutely. And, of course, if he can, uh, you know, make people believe that they've been to hell and back, yes. then then this understanding of this hell that uh, has been perpetuated for a long time yeah. uh, gets more weight to it. It does. So, yeah. Gives God some bad press too, man. But we really need to look at what the Bible says. Yeah, we'll look at that next week. Mm. So that will be uh, the, the name of your topic next week, The Assassination of God to Hell and Back. I do want to remind you of our offer to today. Uh, that's Draining the Sticks, the free book offer, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. You can get that by texting DIG number 16 into 0488 880891. Now, uh, tomorrow we've got uh, Raiko Chelich joining us with the Parable of the Talents, and he'll be uh, he'll be doing that program with Tabitha tomorrow. So I hope we can I hope you can join us tomorrow for that program as well. Um, Gary, just uh, we've got uh, thirty seconds before we go out. Hmm. How would you summarise today's program in in twenty seconds? In twenty seconds, I'd say this, Jason. Jesus said it nicely. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm. He or she who believes in me, who puts their trust in me, though they may die, they will live. And the good news, Jason, is when we throw ourselves on Christ, the grave is not bad news because we're sleeping until Jesus comes and he wakes us up. Thanks, Gary. That's a great summary. We'll see you next week with Gary and uh, tomorrow with Raika. Look forward to that. Truth is harder than a lie The dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that lies
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 